Welcome to the eighth episode of Hashtag Wolves. I'm your host, Noah. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Will, in the Wolves Den. How are we doing? Doing good. We got a rundown of four games for you and a little bit of breakdown, maybe some more on-the-road, at-home talk, because that continues to emerge for the Timberwolves. They just can't possibly We've got to make some that. sort of weird excuse or weird take for the 2-2 the two and two That's week right. that we witnessed. That's right. So yeah, the games that we'll be covering in this episode are Thursday against the Bucks, Thursday the 1st, Saturday against the Pelicans, then on the road Wednesday against the Cavs. That game went into overtime, and Friday against the Bulls. So, Noah, why don't you kick it off Thursday against the Bucks? Yeah, I was actually at this game. I felt really good about it. It just it was solid through and through the entire time. I felt like we had like the grasp on the game. I was never really worried, especially with like, the Bucks up and coming right now. I was really pleased to see us pull out like a 19 point win against a team like this. It just it just felt solid all around. It really just came down to Jimmy and Carl doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Sort of a theme that we've seen recently. I don't know if we should be scared about depending on them. Or, you know, I, I guess you have to have two, every team has your two best players, right? Like, yeah, I don't, it's I don't an think you should ever fact. get too worried about like, oh, are we leaning so heavily on this one player? If something's working, you, you know, the defense has to stop it at that yep. point. And I don't have the numbers to back it up, but we have, we have seen like where five, the starting five each has double digits and things like that in different games. But it's clear that we talked about this tons of times that Butler and Towns, if they play well, we win, more or less. And mm-hmm. so that's what I saw that night. Like it was during Super Bowl week. Did you see yeah, the yeah. Big stars? So I was there, and it was pretty funny because they had, I think, like Gucci Mane. I, I can remember off the back of my mind. Mayweather showed Hold up on. like Gucci Mane is, fourth you, quarter. Can you throw a couple bars at us? I'm not familiar with uh, that. Yeah, I'm going to slide past you. Okay, gotcha. All right. Ray Strowman's. A lot of like rappers. If, if you're like a 40-year-old dad right now, I apologize. <laughs> Perfect. But then Bill Belichick was there and Who's the guys behind me kept like trying to look for him and his wife. And I swear that Belichick said like to the, and the Wolf staff, hey, like, don't have me on camera. Because they showed every single celebrity, and only until, like, the AP review the next day, or, like, Chip Scoggins and, like, you know, the Star Tribune, was there sort of a headline about Belichick being at the game. Or they might have mentioned it once verbally, but everyone else had, like, an appearance on the big screen. I could totally just see him saying, like, get me off that. Yeah, well, when the most powerful man in the world looks at your bench and says, no, you're going to you're gonna definitely need to listen to that guy. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. So just an added fun part of the win. It, it totally was. It was nice just to, the thought that there's a lot of prominent people there. I don't really get into the whole celebrity people magazine kind of mess, but... It was just cool to show off in front of that sort of environment, Super Bowl weekend, and get really solid win in front of people. I think it kind of solidifies you as like a, a national team. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt that vibe recently for us. As for the City Edition uniforms, I thought they were super cool. I wasn't a big fan of them at first, just because there's so many other teams with really cool, unique sort of city plain. ones. They're plain, but they're just really crisp, especially if you see them in person. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. You have, to, you have to see them yourself. But I, I definitely felt the same way. They are just, they are kind of gray and pretty normal. But yeah, at that point, we had a 21 and six home record. Like I said, no, no point in the game where I really felt scared or mm-hmm. that we're going to drop this. Yeah. And then we continue that home dominance, you could say, against the Pelicans on Saturday night. We get the victory 118, 107. 
the big takeaway for me wasn't really Wolves related. It was how dominant Anthony Davis was. And it's, I mean, we've, this is a Wolves podcast, but without Boogie Cousins now getting hurt, I mean, it's kind of like, what can Davis do in a vacuum this season? And sort of, will he leave? It's Yeah. And I've always thought this team was scary when we just keep beating them. Yeah. Like, I'm playing really well against them. But you have to think, what if Cousins was there? I mean, we win by 11. I think he has an 11-point difference against the Wolves. So, who knows? We must match up really, really well because every time that I've watched or listened to the Pelicans game, their offense has really struggled. And they got to 107 in this game, but we were, I mean, we were able to get more points than them. 118 is a pretty strong showing uh, from the Wolves, even if 107 is like a Wolves defense. Yeah, we didn't have a dominant. Uh, defensive game, but we just didn't allow the Pelicans to explode for like 140, which... Yeah, I mean, speaking of bad of, defense. Yeah, that's kind of what happened in that Really season. easy transition. Right. Ultimately, yeah, the, a good win for the Pelicans, or against the Pelicans, but not really able to carry that forward to the Cavaliers game. Yeah, 140-138 sort of says it all, if I were to have to summarize that yeah. quickly. 140-38 against the Cavs. 130 points scored by halftime between the two teams. I mean, both teams were lights out. It was the most combined threes in the game I saw. And so... Like, was I, that the I, game I, where Towns had, like, the... the He was chasing, like, the franchise record for mm-hmm. consecutive threes? Yeah. So, and I felt like people were guarding each other and things like that. Cavs rely, I feel like, on offense to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, LeBron's obviously an amazing two-way player, but for the most part, I don't think they had anyone that stands out. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is one of the worst defenders in the league, so yep. this isn't really a, a big shock to anyone. Wolves, you wouldn't say, are a top 15, maybe not even top 20 defense, so the the chemistry was there to make this happen, but 140 to 138 it sort of gets into like the All-Star game score, Yeah, and you it, just start it to get almost like annoying... like. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's just not good basketball, even if they're such offensive teams. Like if you're that if you're that athletic, you could play some resemblance of defense. So I did get a little annoyed with that. Theme continues for the week of Towns and Jimmy just carrying the Wolves' offense. And but yeah, like I said before, I don't. I think we came to the conclusion that that's not a big deal, but it just becomes every single game. It becomes more and more clear. Taj is my number three. I'll say that you yeah know, to the grave, but. Yeah, it's clear that those two are are what makes our offense run, as we saw in this game. The um, frustrating part was some of the end of game execution. Like LeBron hits the game winner, which is could have run down the clock in. more. Uh, right, uh, clock management wise, you could say we wouldn't have to be in that position, and I, I don't think we should have. I don't know what went on in the huddles. I don't know, you know, if one of the players blew it or if it was Tibbs' fault. I don't have that info. Not mm-hmm. really an NBA insider. But but, but what we from what we can see, the Wolves don't really run offense. They kick it. To Jimmy and have him isolate, which he has proven himself to be a pretty good isolation player. But you know, when you lose close games like this, you kind of like, well, what did we do in our last? Two I haven't seen a lot sessions? of like, whoa, that's a really cool double screen play where Jimmy rolled off it, <laughs> yeah, you know, and then Towns rolled for a cut and they went high low. Like, I, it's mostly wow, it was just really athletic by Jimmy. Yep, Towns bodied somebody and look, Taj did a drop step and can't miss. Lefty, yeah, yeah. So th- those are all very individual scoring efforts mm-hmm. and so i guess in a time like this you at some point you do need to have the ability to chalk up a play and get it done right which that and clock management wise we were unable to do and then lebron did a very lebron thing yeah so but it's the Cavs, and we were away so i'm not too upset with that loss the bulls was 
a different animal just because you, you can't lose the bulls. Even though we're away, Levine yeah. killed us. It was just kind of a dagger, especially after this kind of loss. Yeah, yeah. If we would have picked up the bulls when I think that it's one of those situations where the Cavs win when or the Cavs loss wouldn't have looked as bad, but now drop two straight on the road. Lose again, by two, lose by one. Yeah, yeah, again, it was an end-of-game situation. And I really thought as I was watching that we had the Bulls. It was it was pretty close, but I thought it was one of those games where the Wolves could have put a spurt together, and it never oh, quite... Oh, totally. Yeah, it I mean, never we're, quite We're a better team. Yeah. So, I don't... There's no excuse. And it was like, there was a big kind of prior to the game, like, oh, who won the trade sort of situation, because... Which, that's just dumb, because you can't do that with one game, right? right. I, I understand that they're playing each other, so I understand... If, if I was paid to write, I would write that headline too. But Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if I tweeted that out right now, it would get probably like a solid two to three retweets by Wolves Faithful. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a very flashy topic. But, I mean, credit the Bulls with having solid end-of-game execution. Jimmy fouls Zach Levine on a three-point shot, and he hits his free throws, and we can't get it done in the last possession. So, ultimately, a frustrating loss. We'll get another shot at the Bulls, I think, uh, later this month. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we can pick up like a, what you would think is an easier win against one of the weaker teams of the East. Are we at home? I yeah, we must, to... we must be because that one was on the road. Okay. So another loss to an East team on the road. Huh? Who yeah. I mean, I'll reiterate again. I'm not a conspiracy kind of guy. Like this, this makes no sense, but we're beyond sample sizes or that ar- excuse or argument. So we there's something about it. Maybe we're not scouting the teams as well, or we haven't seen them as much, but I don't know. It, or just, like, they just don't bring it, you know, get up for games on the road. I mean, we are kind of in that dull drums point of the season. The Wolves had a big spurt after the 1st of December, and now it's been two months. It's really hard to sustain strong play for a while. You know? Yeah, and once you're 50-ish games in, that's more than halfway. So, like, the All-Star game is almost over the all-star break yeah so this is probably the most fatigued part of the season besides that 75 to 80 yeah just game. the very last bit of the season yeah which so this really is doesn't the most, matter for the most and what part. with the way I, I haven't heard that that take as much anymore about tibbs overplaying these guys but i think it's just because we're picking up enough enough wins that to criticize tibbs is sort of taboo yeah but i, I think the argument's still there that these guys are getting run a lot, whatever mm-hmm. age they are, however young they are. So at this point, Towns, Wiggins, Butler are pretty gas. Yeah, and I think other storylines just take over, like who won the trade, you know, tie it back to that. So Oh, that's much more easy. Yeah. Yeah. Occasionally I'll see a friend tweet out like, Oh, hey, you know, these guys happen to play forty one minutes and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's still a thing that we're still kinda on tibs about. Yeah, I definitely games. forgot about it for about like the last ten games, but that was that was the number one headline for a while. Gotcha. Maybe I'll get like frustrated with it again pretty soon, you know, mm-hmm. if you start that cooking again. Oh, if we lose like three or four in a row, let's, let's we'll, just, we'll be the first to call it out. Yeah, we'll bring like a stopwatch to the games. <laughs> start doing our own minutes tracking. So ultimately we go two and two on the week. What do you like what do you think of the games? Uh, as a whole, when you first hear two and two, we're a six hundred type team. So usually two and two, you'd say average, right? But I would I would probably label it as below average, just because that's not what we're we're not shooting for five hundred right now, mm-hmm. and we've hit our stride. So I guess expectations are probably the highest that they've ever been right now. Yep. Even if you like go back years, besides the KG era, I haven't been as picky or expect them so much out of the Wolves since that era. So yeah, I I would say average. The Bucks one, I, I 
I can't reiterate how just solid that was. Mm -hmm. So I'll give extra credit for that. But it really does come down to record. Pelicans win was solid. And then you have two close losses. You could, you could spin it like that. Yeah. But you lost to the Bulls and you played terrible defense against the Cavs is really what I actually saw besides the score. And the way the Cavs were playing, like they were getting a lot of press about how bad it's been. So we, it made us look way worse. Right. I had the thought, like, are the Bucks and Pelicans combined like a better cop or are the Bucks and Pelicans better than the Bulls for sure? Are they better than the Cavs the way they were playing at that point of the week? Like you could kind of split hairs and say the Cavs still have LeBron, but we picked up wins against good teams and lost to bad teams, at least the way they they were playing. Yeah, I would sort of put them all on pretty similar levels, to be honest. Yeah. But the fact that we're at the Cavs, I think, honestly, I think that's the hardest game of the week. Mm-hmm. I, I know that they're in a slump, but I think that it was a lot of um, media attention. They were, like, far and away, they were in a slump. Yep. But overall, the record was still good. So I, I think if you ran the data or the stats on it, I think you should rely on just how good a team is. Mm-hmm. Especially in an 82 game season, you're going to have ups and downs, and it might not be because you're a bad team. So I, there's, there's luck, there's variance, there's air. So I, I still think playing the Cavs in Quick and Lone Arena is a tough thing to do. Yeah. Even though that would be the hottest take at the time. Well, but there's like a cherry pick stat about Jimmy Butler going like, Six and one against LeBron or something. He he's got like some crazy record against LeBron. So we'll I I, I think you could extract something from that in that he has he's better or <laughs> no. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna go to go that far. But I just think he has that cool and collected like tenacity mm-hmm. where he doesn't he I think he, in his mind he knows that LeBron is better than him. But when he's on the court, I don't know if he believes that. Yeah, I think there's some sort of like healthy amount of delusion that players who are that good or confident can have. Yeah. I, I don't think Jimmy gets intimidated by sort of your top 10 players. Or if you go into Golden State and things like that, I don't I don't think he sweats about it extra. Right. I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, if, if one of us were to check LeBron, we might as well just have the attitude like, yeah, put me on him. Like, let's do it. Well, you I mean, know, yeah, that's obviously the best, yeah. the best attitude to have, but I mean, we're... Maybe mentality going us. into a game yeah. is you don't really pick it. It's just sort of uh, a mix of who you are, I guess. Right. So I think someone like Wiggins or Towns are a little more you could call soft. I mean, I think anyone's a little more soft than Butler. Yeah. I know Butler like flops a little and he, he can like act a little bit, but I think that just sort of drive to win. And he seems sensitive, you know, he's got like, he's a goofy guy. Off the court and stuff, but yeah. you see him on the court, like he's just... It's like Crawford, but he can actually make those shots. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's a kind of a dog out there. Yeah. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. And mm-hmm. I would I would trade Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and a pick for him again in absolute heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Like, Butler's the best player on our team, but I think he'd be the best, like, New York pickup basketball, like, player. Oh, as yeah, well. absolutely. Where Towns, I feel like, would just kind of want to go home and do his video games or something. Yeah, exactly. Like with his dog. Study for, like, what, what test do you need to get into med school? Like, whatever yeah. he wants to do after he's done playing in the NBA. No disrespect to Cat, though. No, they're just different kind of people. Yeah, for sure. That's all about I have for the week. If Any extra thoughts or excited um, for the, the upcoming week? Upcoming week is about to be real hot. We'll get to that in the next episode, but... Playing some teams in the West. Like, let's get it done. Yeah. How? How?